the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And welcome. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. With today's broadcast, we have our final look at the book of Esther. We would invite you to join us here in Esther, chapters 9 and 10. It's here that we see the Feast of Purim and the light, the feasting, the gladness, the the happiness that comes along with this feasting and the significance as it relates to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the relationship we have with Him. Won't you join us? It's our final look at Esther. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand on this edition of Way of Grace. Walking about seeking whom he may devour. Look at the next verse. Here is our instruction from our general. Are we there? Here it is. Whom what? Whom what? Resist. You see it? Resist. Stand against. Oppose publicly. Make a public declaration of opposition against him. This is not a small word. This is a big word. It's a military term. That means you get up every day and you dress full metal jacket. Every day, full metal jacket in the Spirit of God. You dress every day, full metal jacket in the Spirit of God. And you declare publicly that God's enemies are your enemies and your enemies are God's enemies. And you see the devil for who he is and what he wants to destroy in your life. And you go to war against the devil. That's what that text is saying. To stand against Deeper than that, I won't go there for time's sake because I only got 15 minutes. I wish I had time to deal with you on this word resist. But if you were just looking at 1 Peter carefully, there are two resistances going on. God resisting the proud and the saints resisting the devil. Now, this is the only way you're going to know whether you're in the right battle. You're in the wrong battle if God is resisting you. You're in the right battle if you're resisting the devil. And this is how you do it. You resist him steadfast in the what? You resist him steadfast in the face. See that term steadfast? That's our Greek term steroid from which we get the term steroid from which we get the term strength by which we build our bodies. It's done artificially today and it's bad for you, but we all have natural steroids in our bodies. And when we build up, when we build up, when we build up in the faith, when we build up in the most holy faith, when we pray in the most holy faith, when we build up, in the most holy faith, we are able to successfully stand against the devil. Is that right? When you build up in your most holy faith and you stand against him by standing in the gospel. It is the gospel that allows you to overcome the devil. We only overcome by what? Faith. What is it that overcomes this world? Is it not even this, our faith? Faith, the substance of things hoped for. Faith, the evidence of things seen. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is the way you and I have the victory. Is that right? Where my faith is diminished, I am going to lose that battle that day. Where my faith is strong, 
looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, I'm going to win that battle because Christ is the one that's working in me, the willing to do of his good pleasure. Did you guys get that? This is so very important for you to get. Now, the reason I'm treating this subject the way I'm doing right now is because I want you to understand that the joy that the Jews have in their text is because they've worked this whole process out that I'm talking to you about. They've had to pray for 11 months. They've had to position themselves for 11 months. They've had to prepare for 11 months. And they didn't know that they would even have Mordecai or Esther, or all the lieutenants, or all the captains, all the resources that came out in chapter 8 and in chapter 9, they come to discover God had been working behind the scenes to set up their triumph and their victory and not letting them know. And I told you, this is how God works. God ain't going to tell you every step of the way. God's not going to let you in on his plans. He knows that some of us are so weak in faith, we beat and took what God told us and told the devil. Can I get a witness? We're so dumb and stupid, we can get turned around so easy. We've been in turncoat like Benedict Arnold, ran into the devil's camp, told the devil what we're up to. It's exactly what Hezekiah did when God gave him 15 more years. Open the door to the Babylonians. Let them see everything that God was up to. They never should have entered into the temple. They never should have entered into Jerusalem. See, that do, leaky mouths sink ships. And Christians are towed up for that. So God has to do a lot of work behind the scenes, above the scenes, below the scenes, in front of the scenes without letting you know, just to bless you in order to keep you. It's really true. What I'm saying is absolutely true. God can't trust a lot of us with revelation. All he can do is let you come in on the end of the war and be blessed. What happened? I really don't know. But once the smoke cleared, I see the blessings. Now, some of us, he allowed in the battle. He allows some of us in the battle because he has taught us how to exercise honor with discretion. We talked about that. This whole year is about what, ladies and gentlemen? Honor. Honor is discreet. It's discerning. It's discriminating. It doesn't just open up and tell everything it knows. You don't tell everybody your business. You don't tell everybody your daddy's business, your husband's business, your wife's business, your children's business. Not if you care for them. You're in a warfare. The way wars are lost is through intelligence. Through intelligence. That's how they're lost. Somebody's going to sneak in professing to be a believer. And you should have known it because those horns pop out. They try to ground them, ground them down, but they forget one day, and then they come in, their horns sticking out. When you see those horns sticking, you go, wait a minute now. He's supposed to be a Christian. You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you know why they're talking? They're just going to... While they're talking, hey, wait a minute now. Oh, I don't sound like a lamb to me. Psst, psst. I'm teaching you warfare, right? Because we play games and the enemy just comes in and take everything we have. Take it all, take it all, take it all. Take your faith away, take your trust away, take your confidence away, take the word away, take prophecy away from you, take boldness away from you, take confidence away from you, strip you of everything. You can't even talk about Jesus anywhere. You don't have enough boldness to be even to say, Jesus is Lord. He, he, he takes it all away. We're safe in church, not outside the four walls, because we don't hear the word of God with the whole of our being. 
God wants you to hear with everything. He wants you to hear with your mind and your heart, with your taste buds, with your eyesight, with your feelings. He wants you to receive it all, as one of my brothers said. Eat the whole book up. Eat the whole book. Ezekiel, John, eat the whole thing. Let it be bitter in your belly. It's going to be sweet in your mouth, but it's got to be bitter in your belly. you got to believe that God is a man of war and that the only time you rejoice is when you are resting. And the only time you are resting is after you have resisted the adversary. That's where we are. Subpoint B is real simple in my point. We resist in and through Jesus Christ. Is that true? We resist in and through Jesus Christ. The victory is ours only in Jesus Christ. I could give you a thousand verses. Thanks be to God who always causes us the triumph through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory. This is why in our narrative, the day turned the moment they saw Mordecai come out of the king's palace dressed in royal robe. Chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. I want to remind you, your victory is completely tied to the revelation of the exalted Christ. Your triumph, your joy, your success is completely tied to how well you know what Christ has done for you on Calvary's tree. Are you hearing me? Your victory is the consequence of him who said, it is finished. Here it is. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in what? Royal apparel of blue and white and with a great crown of gold, which means he is an authority, is he not? He is a ruler. And that's what happened to Jesus when he rose again from the dead. All power, all authority hath been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go ye into all the world and do what? We preach because we see him as an exalted king. Is that right? Watch this now. Of fine linen and purple and the city of Shushan did what? rejoiced and was glad. There's a Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 2. Don't go there. The scripture says, when the righteous are in rule, the people rejoice. This is why the church should be a place of rejoicing because the righteous one is in rule. The righteous one is in rule. When people walk by the church, they should hear the shouting and the joy of a people whose king is on the throne. on the throne. Verse 16. Here it is. The Jews had what? And had what? And had what? And had what? This is what we call Hebrew four, uh, Hebrew quadrum. It's the four point principle. In other words, when it's four words or four adjectives describing God's blessings in your life, you have the totality of God's favor upon you. When it's the number four, you have the totality of God's blessings upon you. I just want to share one thing with that. The Jews had light only when they saw Mordecai. They only had light when they saw Mordecai. I got five minutes. Can I preach this? Listen, no light where you don't see Jesus. No light. I am the light of the world. If any man follow me, he will never walk in darkness. God is light, and in him is no darkness whatsoever. This is the light, however, of what we call invigorating light, resurrection light. It is quickening light. I want you to get this word. Very important. Only used a few times in the Scriptures. It's not the kind of light that is merely referring to knowledge of God. It's referring to the impact light of the sun that beams down on plants. 
and the plants that really need sunlight in order for them to live. You will find plants like flowers and, 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 and different herbs that if you cover them with darkness, they shrivel immediately. That's the believer. Without the light of Christ, we shrivel. Without the presence of God in Christ, we wither. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need the natural light of the Son of Righteousness with healing in His wings to quicken us in our darkness. So we have seasons of darkness where we wither. We're not dead. We're withered. But God means for us to be vital, invigorated, and quickened. This is the light of quickening. In other words, Israel, the Jews here in Persia for 11 months were in darkness. See, when you hear an evil decree and you don't hear a positive prophecy to mitigate that evil decree, it's going to wear on you. It's going to wear you down. Can I get a witness? It's going to wear you down. This is why we always want to hear from God. God, speak to me. Speak to me. I want to hear from the Lord because his word is light. Light is sown in the earth for the righteous, and the earth is my heart. I need light on my heart so that the incorruptible seed in my heart can blossom and give me the ability to believe God in the midst of the darkness. This is why Israel had light in Goshen, in Egypt, when everybody else was in darkness. They were kept invigorated. They were kept enthused. They were kept optimistic. Am I making some sense? The herbs of the field. I'll give you two verses. I'm going I'm, I'm to finish today. You guys understand that? Isaiah chapter 26, verse 19. I think it's there. Isaiah 26, 19. We quote this all the time in reference to the resurrection of Christ and the believer. Your dead men shall live together with my what? Shall they what? This is Jesus talking about all of his elect in him. See, the Bible says because he lives, we live also. Do you believe that? Do you believe Jesus is your life? Do you believe apart from Christ, you're dead? Without me, you can what? You can't breathe. You can't even lie. You can't think a good thought or bad thought without Jesus. He's the true vine. We are the branches. The father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears fruit, he has to what? Purge. But there are seasons when we wither. And you know what Christ has to do? Quicken us again. Quicken us again. Quicken us again. Quicken us again. Do you know how he quickens us? By a revelation of his glory. By a manifestation of the risen Christ all over again. Be thou my vision. Because where the sun of righteousness shines down on the withered herbs, they immediately start to take in and absorb that photosynthetic light, right? It draws into that body and begins to nurture it and raise it up, right? Raise it up. And the next thing you know, that plant is in full blossom. And that's what God does for his people from season to season. Have y'all been there? One day you're in darkness, the next day you're in light. One day your mouth is shut, the next day your mouth is full of joy. One day you're in trouble, the next day you're triumphing. That's the walk of the believer in this life. That's what the Jews is going through. I'm helping you understand why they must rejoice. When they saw Mordecai come out dressed the way he was, they said, oh, the Lord been up to something. <laughs> My brother, and then they had her, Esther, might have been their cousin. Now they find out Esther the queen, their cousin, and they knew who Mordecai was. He was the only brother standing for God when everybody else wasn't. Because Mordecai is a great type of who? That's exactly right. You and I, by nature, will not, cannot, and do not obey. 
but there was one who loved us enough to obey God's will in our behalf and thus give his righteousness to us. I don't understand the person in the world that somehow doesn't understand the beauty of the gospel. That God would trade your sin for his righteousness. Trade your darkness for his light. Trade your death for his life. Give it to you freely in Jesus Christ. Plant in you a new nature. Give you faith. Give you hope for glory. The Father chose you. The Son died for you. The Holy Ghost seal you. Seal you. Seal you. I don't understand it. There's no gospel like this gospel. There's no other gospel in the world like the gospel of God. None like God. Here it is. Here it is. So Christ declares that they must rise with him. He says, awake in what? There you go. Miriam singing again, dancing again. Why? Because they were between Pharaoh's horsemen and the Red Sea. And God made a way where there was no way. And when they came out on the other side, the natural thing to do is sing and rejoice for the goodness of the Lord in your life. That's what you do. That's what you do. Ye that dwell in the dust, for your dew is as the dew of what? You know what he's talking about? That word is actually our word for light. Your light is as the light of herbs. It's like the light that flashes down on the herbs that appear dead that get quickened. Do y'all see the metaphor? Can I keep going then? Because I want to shut it down. Let's move on. Notice then what we are saying under a day of uh, resting from our enemies. Point number three. Are we there? Is that where we are? A day of resting from our enemies. I want you to move into rest with me briefly. Rest is something that God decreed in Genesis 5, 28. Pull that up. Because in Genesis 6, this is where God decides to destroy the whole world. Our present world doesn't believe it yet that God destroyed the whole world in the flood. Do y'all believe that? He destroyed the whole world. He only saved eight souls. And he only saved eight souls because they actually believed the gospel. And the evidence that they believed the gospel, stay with me now, watch this, is that they did what God said do, preach foolishness to this world. See, the gospel is foolishness to people who don't believe. You know what they did? They built an ark two football fields long in preparation for rain that had never come. That's equivalent to telling men and women that the only way that you're going to be saved is to believe on the Lord Jesus. They did that for a hundred years. Y'all got that? A hundred years, God tested the faith of Noah and his family. But do you know what God had said before he even had called Noah? That in the days of limit, God would bring rest to the people of God. Do you see that? Isn't that what he says? Notice what the text says. And Lamech lived 180 and two years and begot a son, verse 29. And he called his name Noah, saying, this same shall do what? Concerning our what? And the toil of our what? Because the ground the Lord had what? You know what he just said? Adam and Eve, who started this old crazy mess for us, but if we were there, we would have done it. Got us kicked out of daddy's house. Now we're running up and down the street. Now we had a nice manicured yard with fruits and vegetables. Now we got to break up the, the, the ground and work to sow seed and sweat and toil with thorns and thistles, right? What God said was, I'm going to give my people rest. How did he give them rest? Through Noah. The word in our text, back in Esther, is the Hebrew word Noah. The word Noah means rest. Did you guys get that? The word Noah means rest. In other words, God has always had for his people a rest, a Sabbath, 
Are you hearing me? A rest, a Sabbath. In fact, that's the thing that we need. Even right now, I know I got your attention. It's been a few more minutes with me. Because we are in a warfare, we get tired. And the thing our souls long for is rest. And you really can't rejoice where you are not first resting. And I'm going to show you in your subpoints, and I'm just going to say it for time's sake. God has called his people to rest in every epic of biblical history. Where he comes in and judges and starts all over again, as he does in chapter 9 through 11 with the flood, guess what he's calling his people to do? Rest. It's a promise. But the rest is a consequence of following him on a journey. So from Noah to Abraham, the people of God had to follow God. And God promised rest. He promised rest to Abraham. He promised rest to Isaac. He promised rest to Jacob. You know what he said concerning that rest? In that promise, here's what he says. I will be present with you as I take you on your journey. What is the token of God's rest in the life of the people of God? His presence among us. That's Exodus 32. That's Exodus 34. And I will send my angel before you to lead you into the promised land, and he will give you rest. In fact, the promised land is a promised land of what? Rest. That's where we're going to rest, are we not? I say it in funerals all the time. Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord from henceforth, that they may rest from their labors and their works do what? Follow them. See, there's a day of rest for the people of God. It's first a promise. Then it's a presence of the Lord, isn't it? And after that presence, know what it says in your outline. Really quick, notice how it says, not only do we have the promise, not only do we have the presence, but we also have what? The power. Now, the power has to do with what we just have experienced in the book of Esther. You notice God's people have always fought wars. But who's always fought with them in those wars? God has. Israel in chapter 9 and 10 of the book of Esther know this. The only reason they are rejoicing is because they are resting. And they are resting because God is present. Did you get that? God's present in his providence to change the heart of Xerxes. God is present in his providence to raise up Esther as his wife. God is present in his providence to raise up Mordecai. God is present to allow Mordecai to have so much power and authority that all of the lieutenants, all of the rulers come up under Mordecai. God is present in that he gives his people an opportunity to stand against the wiles of the adversary. God is present in giving them victory over all their foes so that on this day, the 15th day, we better rejoice. We better rejoice. And ladies and gentlemen, in closing, please understand this. This is our fourth point. Rejoicing in that rest on the third day. Because they fought for two days and rested on that third day. You understand that? This is real simple. We had a master who was greater than Mordecai. His name is the Lord Jesus. He came seeking the welfare of his people and speaking peace to their soul. How did he do that? He assumed a human nature. He was very God of very God, but he also was a perfect man. He stood in the gap for sinners who were in a warfare against hell. 
because of their sin and an adversary they couldn't overcome and the wrath of a holy God. What did he do? He waged war in our behalf. He fought a battle that we could not win. He endured a wrath that would have destroyed our souls forever. Would you believe that? He fought it on Thursday night. He fought it on Friday morning. He gave up the ghost Friday evening. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. And that's why when we partake of the Lord's table, we're partaking of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Mordecai. Studying God's Word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Amen. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail. Send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you. Or stop by grace-bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note as we conclude our time together today. We're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost, and we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number, or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.